Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sunday morning on The Fan. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Solter. After our 8 o'clock update, Rick Wolf is along with the Sports Edge program. Ed Randall will be by. He'll be talking baseball after our 9 o'clock update on The Fan this Sunday morning. We continue in our discussion. We had a doozy of a first hour of talk on the topic of pancreatic cancer. Talking with guests from the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, we continue the discussion. Purple Stride New York takes place next Saturday. We'll talk about uh, the event, and we're also going to get an interesting perspective that we've never really been able to share with you in these discussions, too, on this topic of pancreatic cancer with one of the guests who is joining us. In studio with us is the um, affiliate chair for the New York City affiliate, Tommy Barcanero. That's the correct pronunciation. That is correct, last, yes. Last name, okay. Uh, Tommy, first of all, it's nice to have you uh, join us. Thank you, Bob. Pleasure to be here. And joining us by phone, and um, she's been quite a trooper at an early hour for her on a uh, Sunday morning, is the chief medical officer of PANCAN, the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. Uh, Dr. Victoria Mannix is uh, joining us. Victoria, it's nice to have you join us on our program on the fan here. Well, good morning. I'm more than happy to be here. And good morning to you. We've had a lively uh, discussion in hour one and talked about um, pancreatic cancer uh, in the discussion with uh, Michael Rosen and uh, Aaron Willits. Um, when I say those words, pancreatic cancer, Tommy, let's start with you. What is the, What comes to mind for you? Well, what comes to mind for me is my father. Um, I'm connected to this cause because my dad passed away in June 2016 um, after a nearly three-year battle with the disease. Uh, so certainly that was my first exposure to pancreatic cancer, and I'm grateful to PanCan and this organization. It's been a source of comfort for my family. Um, you know, but I'm involved to honor the memory of my father. What was your dad like? You know, he was very larger than life and gregarious, uh, the host of many dinner parties, um, you know, just huge personality. So it was very difficult to see this disease kind of, you know, sap some of that energy, though he never lost his gregarious spirit, but uh, certainly a, an enthusiastic, larger than, larger than life person. Mm. And when that diagnosis was made, what did he... And what did your family, what did you know about pancreatic cancer, if anything? Yeah. At the time of the diagnosis, uh, I was not familiar with the disease, uh, nor was my family. 
We found out later that uh, we did have some family history, but it was not uh, we, that was not part of our knowledge at the time. So uh, you know, we turned to Memorial Sloan Kettering. My dad was living in Oregon, but uh, we have extended family here. So we first learned more about the disease through his oncologist there, and then uh, certainly consulting PanCan and uh, you know other sources, we were able to learn more. But definitely part of the reason I'm involved in this cause is so we can bring uh, more knowledge to light and uh, people who are now diagnosed, hopefully, uh, they won't have the same level of uncertainty that we had. Mm. Victoria, I said those words, pancreatic cancer. What comes to your mind? Um, Pancreatic cancer, it's a very challenging, uh, it's a very challenging disease. Uh, one in which it is the toughest, it's not only the toughest cancer to treat, but it's the third leading, leading cause of cancer death uh, in the United States. And it's the second leading cause, um, and it will be by the year 2020. But we're committed to ensure that we can double survival um, by 2020. Uh, as an organization, but it's a challenging disease and one um, that we fight every day. You know, Michael, earlier in our discussion, talked a little bit about the pancreas, and I'm interested in your perspective um, medically when we talk about pancreatic cancer. And we'll get into talking about uh, what approaches there are in terms of um, treatment and research and the like, uh, too. But describing where the pancreas is, does that make um, the approaches to it and detection of pancreatic cancer more difficult because of its location in the body? Absolutely. Um, The pancreas is located very deep within the abdomen, within the stomach, and it sits actually behind the stomach and in front of the spine. So because it is so deep, it is sometimes hard to get appropriate pictures of it with imaging. And therefore, with pancreatic cancer, because of the location, If a person is diagnosed, the cancer can spread rapidly, and that's why it's often diagnosed later on, and that's what makes it very challenging. And when we talk about diagnosis, then what are, you know, people always wonder when they're diagnosed with an illness, okay, what kind of an approach is there to take? What options, I guess, are there? Well, what happens when a patient is diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, they would go to their physician who would take a family history and do an exam with multiple different types of tests. They could be blood tests or they could uh, be radiological tests so you could visualize what the tumor looks like and hopefully get a sample to fully diagnose the the type of cancer. And so when it comes to treatments, it really depends on the type of pancreatic cancer, the stage, how advanced that cancer is, 
what's the age of the patient, their current health status, and all types of personal characteristics. All of that plays a key picture and a role in how you move forward to then treat the cancer itself. I didn't ask you this earlier. I did ask uh, Michael. I'll put this out to you and also to Tommy. Who who do we see most at risk for developing pancreatic cancer? Well, that's an excellent question. Um, in terms of risk factors, there is evidence that people who are elderly who have an increased age are more at risk. Uh, individuals who smoke, individuals who are overweight or have a family history of, of pancreatic cancer or pancreatitis. Um, we also are aware that men have a slightly increased risk of pancreatic cancer compared to women and People who have had uh, diabetes, this may also increase your risk of developing the disease. What's the difference between pancreatitis and pancreatic cancer? So pancreatitis is an inflammation of the pancreas, and it can be either chronic, meaning it consistently happens, or it can be... um, a condition that happens as a result uh, of, of something that causes the pancreas to inflame. So that is very different from actually being di- diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. The pancreatic pancreatitis is a risk. If you have chronic pancreatitis and those who have a history of this happening, um, that is a risk factor, unfortunately, to later develop pancreatic cancer. What about a genetic link? Where are we in terms of examining that? We're making strides in understanding the genetic link to pancreatic cancer every day. Um, there are There is an increased incidence for individuals who have a first-degree family relative who had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, but the rates of which the genetic link exists are still quite low. Um, We're trying to understand what mutations those are that create that risk. We see them in other types of cancers, such as breast cancer and lung cancer, And today, we're trying to study whether those links that exist in other cancers hold to be true in pancreatic cancer. So we're making strides with that every day, but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. Now, when we talk about the importance of Purple Stride New York, Tommy, what's it like, first of all, preparing for Purple Stride New York? You know, it's a big endeavor. We have a saying in the organization that not everything we do is Purple Stride, but everything we do depends on it. So as an organization, we have so much going on with, you know, raising funds for research, clinical initiatives, advocacy, and patient services. And, you know, without our nationwide Purple Stride events, none of those would be possible. So it's definitely a big responsibility. Um, But, you know, thankfully, we have a great, uh, you know, army of volunteers nationwide and here in the affiliate 
We host monthly affiliate meetings to plan the event. Uh, we're in constant communication with our network of volunteers. We also have, you know, very generous support from people like Aaron Willett, who will donate, you know, their talent and, you know, their stature to the cause. So it's a big endeavor, but um, we have a huge uh, grassroots army of volunteers to make it happen. Yeah, you know, look, look, she was out singing last night. It's amazing. And, 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 yeah. <laughs> donating money to, to the cause. And not only that, but she was here this morning. Uh, yes. You know, obviously there's a, a deep passion that, you know, somebody like that brings to, to the table. What's it like the morning of Purple Stripe? Uh, initially, it's a bit bleary-eyed, you know, at that hour. But, um, <laughs> but you know, once uh, you, you get your coffee, you make it to the park. Uh, it, it's very inspiring. You know, there's a lot of people there. Uh, you know, the setup process is a little bit difficult logistically. There's a lot of tents, uh, you know, that we have to make sure are staffed with volunteers. Um, but uh, it, it's very exciting. And to see it all happen, it's just the culmination of months of, of work uh, from our volunteers and and people who work for the organization. Okay, now Purple Stride New York takes place next Saturday, the 14th. We're going to give you contact information, talk more about that as we continue in our discussion. Two guests are talking with us on this portion of our program on The Fan this Sunday morning. Oh, my goodness. We're going from Ed Randall to John Sterling? Ay, ay, ay. Well, good morning, everybody. I'm sure, listen, I'm sure it will go well. <laughs> I'm sure it will. After our 8 o'clock update, it is the Sports Edge program with Rick Wolf that'll be along here on The Fan. And I'm Bob Solter. We're in discussion with our guests from the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, talking about this topic of pancreatic cancer and uh, a little bit about awareness, uh, some of the information on the disease. We're also talking about Purple Stride New York, which takes place Next Saturday, in studio with us is Tommy Barcanero, who is the affiliate chair for the New York City Affiliate, and uh, also joining us by phone, uh, Dr. Victoria Mannix, who is chief medical officer of PanCan. Um, she's kind enough to be talking with us and sharing some of the uh, medical perspective. Uh, Tommy, uh, contact information for somebody who's interested in finding out more about Purple Stride New York, and this is an excellent opportunity also to talk about what what volunteers can do for you and here's a here's a softball question sure do you need volunteers yes we do oh whoa, we... <laughs> whoa hang on <laughs> absolutely you know uh, the more the merrier we uh, welcome everybody to volunteer if they're interested in doing so you can go to purplestride.org/new york uh, if you're interested in volunteering we have a variety of uh, opportunities and roles and time slots available on event day if you're a morning person, you can get there at 6 a.m. all the way into uh, the early afternoon. So purplestride.org slash New York. Uh, we also have needs for year-round volunteers. So if you're interested uh, in getting involved, uh, we can tailor a role based on your interests. We have a lot of opportunities available. So you can go to pancan.org for that. And for Purple Stride, purplestride.org slash New York. Things that volunteers do at other times of the year? Yeah, so we have, uh, you know, year-round efforts. For example, uh, in the months leading up to November, we plan uh, a lot of uh, awareness initiatives. November is Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. So, uh, you know, we'll have a committee deeply involved in, in that, you know, building relationships with uh, corporate sponsors who are willing to donate to the cause, finding uh, ways uh, to promote the cause in social media, working with schools to get their students involved. So it's, it's a year-round effort. Uh, we welcome everybody to get involved. We also have monthly affiliate meetings. You can learn about those at uh, pancan.org. 
getting students involved, you've got my attention with saying that. What's that like? What's the response from students? We have a great relationship with a lot of high schools in the area. So for Purple Stride, you know, we rely on high school groups. You know, Stuyvesant High School, for example, in the past has sent a group of volunteers. So, you know, we can't put on Purple Stride without uh, the work of our high school volunteers. Uh, I talked about November Awareness. You know, in November, we worked with uh, a local middle school in Brooklyn, Mm -hmm. Achievement First Brownsville Middle School. They held a a raffle for our cause. Uh, Students, uh, you know, sold candy at the school. You know, part of those proceeds went to PanCan. So it's a a great source of of volunteers. Also, it's great to educate people at such a young age about the disease. Hopefully they can become advocates as they grow older. Social media. How is that a help, if I can phrase it that way? And is it a help in getting the message out when you're looking to, to raise awareness and also to get the right information out? Definitely. You know, it's helpful logistically, you know, in terms of promoting our affiliate meetings, uh, promoting our Purple Stride volunteer uh, opportunities. We do get uh, a lot of response, uh, you know, on Facebook and Twitter. We also hear from people who have recently lost a loved one or, you know, a loved one is dealing with the disease and they might reach out to us uh, on Twitter at PanCan New York uh, is our handle for the affiliate. So that's one way in which we make the initial point of contact. So certainly we don't, you know, rely entirely on social media, but it's a great starting point to get the word out about our events and also to meet with people who are affected by the disease. Okay. Now, a question that I posed to the guests in the first hour, I'm going to pose to both of you. The Internet's a wonderful thing in many ways, but is there also misinformation about this disease? And how do we manage... I guess, getting the right information to people when they're looking for it. Yeah, you know, I would uh, see to Victoria on that point. Uh, I'm dealing mostly with the volunteers, but uh, certainly I think Victoria would have expertise on that. Well, I have to say, um, I always always used to um, make a comment when you have patients coming in to, to see you after they've had a diagnosis, I would always write down internet positive because they've really done so much extensive research on where they are um, trying to understand a disease that a lot of people know so little about, and that can be challenging. So when you go to the internet, it's not that there are, it's misinformation, it's that there is a lot of information. And it's challenging because not all of that information necessarily um, it fits exactly where the patient is in their journey. So I think that's what's most important is to understand where you are, be connected to individuals that have a similar situation to you. And that's what PanCan does. I mean, we offer the most comprehensive services and resources with a proven track record in this disease. So the best thing to do for a patient who has been recently diagnosed is to contact our patient services, our patient central associates. They can walk individuals through anything. We have a precision medicine service. We can help individuals truly understand um, what's happening with their disease, what are the latest clinical trials, and connect them to other individuals who are in this same exact situation. 
Um, so patient services is, is the best resource uh, for anyone with pancreatic cancer. The Purple Stride events that take place across the country, how much do they help getting the word out about pancreatic cancer and also, I guess, um, serving a role in terms of advocacy? It's a big help. You know, as I said, it's our biggest source of fundraising for the mm-hmm. year. So we seek to raise $700,000 this year through Purple Stride. That money will That's help. That's a lot of money. A it? lot of money, absolutely. And so you can go to donatepurplestride.org slash New York. Uh, but the money we raise, um, you know, it will go to help our advocacy efforts. I know Michael mentioned we have Advocacy Day coming up in June where, you know, our army of volunteers will go to Capitol Hill to lobby our, our Congress people. Uh, it will fund, uh, help people get into clinical initiatives. Uh, it will help patient services. So just the fact that it's our biggest annual event, all that money will come in, raise awareness, and, and help us uh, in uh, the other areas that we're focusing on. Victoria, any thoughts on? Well, Purple Stride is one of our biggest fundraisers, and it, the one in New York is only one of 55 events that we actually hold across the country. Right. Um, Purple Stride New York, it has raised, uh, you know, as, as we just heard, more than $3 million uh, since 2011. But really, to me, the way that I see Purple Stride is it is one of the biggest ways to bring together our survivors, our family, our friends, so we can pay tribute to the ones that we've touched by the disease. And it helps raise awareness, and it helps just solidify that sense of pride and that ability to continue to wage hope. So the results of of, pancreas, of Purple Stride are not just uh, to raise money. They're really to continue to raise that hope for families who uh, have loved ones battling this disease. The research, where are we in terms of, I guess, where is some of the leading research being conducted, and also, what are we looking at? Well, unfortunately, today we don't have a single treatment for cancer in general, and that, of course, it, you know, it filters down into the pancreatic cancer space. So the treatments that we have today and where the research stands is we're really trying to help remove the cancer or relieve painful symptoms that um, the cancer is causing. So you can divide that into three different areas. We have surgery, uh, radiotherapy, and chemotherapy. And I would encourage patients um, to seek out clinical trials because this is really the best mechanism where we can improve upon uh, the treatments that currently exist. So there are numerous clinical trials um, that are ongoing in the pancreatic cancer space for all different uh, areas and all different types of pancreatic cancer. Uh, Right now, I would say some of the most unique areas are looking at uh, damage to what your DNA, your, your genetic makeup, um, is so there's DNA damage repair trials that are ongoing. We're looking at um, we're looking at areas of research 
that are involved with immunotherapy. And this is something that's been in quite a lot in the media as of late, and it's the new uh, attractive type of research. So we're, we're really pushing on the immunotherapy front to understand how the immune system works in, in a person with pancreatic cancer, and if we can attack that to hopefully turn it around to attack the disease. And then we're also looking at the genetic makeup and, and the actual tumor makeup um, of pancreatic cancer, how, how um, a tumor looks, if it has a hard outside core, can, can, can we hit the outer shell to attack the core? So it's about that type of disruption. So there are many exciting areas, and we do make advances every day. Uh, they're not as fast as we hope, but the more research and the more efforts uh, that we continue to do, we know we'll make greater strides. What about funding for research? Because that usually is an area that, um, in many cases with different diseases, is lacking. What's the case with pancreatic cancer and funding? It, it is true. I can say that research funding has been challenging, and this is something that we at Pain can really, really pay uh, quite a bit of attention to. And since 2003, we have um, we have an extensive grants program, and we've awarded um, 159 grants to over 158 scientists at close to 60 institutions. Um, and that is a cumulative research investment that's projected to be over, well, close to about $50 million to date. Um, but we need to continue to do more. We need to continue to, um, you know, work with, with Congress to get increased funding for this disease. We need to continue to raise more money so that we can, um, we can put it back into a research program to further extend the areas that I just talked about, immunotherapy, DNA damage repair. And then we're also moving into an era of where we want to, to look further into early detection methods and hopefully then also better personalized uh, treatment options. So all of this takes a lot of funding that uh, we need to raise money for. Hmm. And I'd be remiss if I did not ask you as well about knowledge about the disease in general among the medical community. I mean, is it is this widespread in terms of real knowledge about pancreatic cancer, or does one really have to search for a specialist? Well, you know, I have to tell you that's a great question. Um, you know, on average, there's about 53,000 Americans diagnosed with pancreatic cancer every year. And when you go into a community setting, unfortunately, your community oncologist would normally see maybe two to three cases of pancreatic cancer a year. So, therefore, it is extremely important to seek out individuals who do this on a daily basis and to seek out academic institutions which are familiar with the most up-to-date treatments and who understand 
what is available can help better diagnosis and can help can help deliver options, quite frankly, that are the most cutting edge. So I would highly recommend um, academic institutions and specialists in this area. And if you are a patient who has been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and you don't know what is available to you, that is something that we, again, at PanCan help a patient with. We can help connect you to the specialist and to the centers of excellence who are doing the most up-to-date research in this area. I was curious in asking that question because I I wondered, you know, how much exposure there is even to the topic that comes up typically in medical school, uh, you know, for doctors as they're coming along. You know, it's a great question, and I can tell you when I was going through medical school, I I definitely had learned about it. I was familiar with it, but not to the extent that I would be, of course, today. Um, When you go through and you're doing your board certifications and you're taking all of your exams, even on your your most recent um, updates, I can tell you there are very few questions. So I am a strong advocate that physicians need to learn more about pancreatic cancer. They need to be more familiar with the disease. And that starts in medical school through all of your training, um, all the way through to where you are today as a practicing physician. So I'm a huge advocate that we need better education about pancreatic cancer. That's not only for physicians, but that really is for the general public as well. We will continue our discussion on the topic of pancreatic cancer this Sunday morning. Well, good morning, everybody. This is Bob Solter. Interesting uh, program this morning on this uh, topic of pancreatic cancer, spreading some awareness, talking a little bit about some of the advocacy efforts, and also talking about the work that's involved in Purple Stride New York, which is taking place next Sunday our next uh, Saturday uh, in uh, Brooklyn, we'll give you the uh, contact information and specifics on that in just a moment or two. Let me mention the fact that after our 8 o'clock update, Rick Wolf is along with the Sports Edge program. Ed Randall's Talking Baseball follows our 9 o'clock update on the fan. And you can listen, of course, to WFAN anytime, anywhere. Simply download the Radio.com app and favorite us today. And if you have Alexa, and who doesn't? Just say, play WFAN Sports Radio 101.9 FM or play WFAN Sports Radio 66 and you'll be locked in to the fan. As I was going out the door this morning, I said, bye-bye, Alexis. Bye-bye, Alexa. But I didn't hear anything back from her. Interesting. Anyway. On our program, we have a couple of guests who are talking with us uh, in our discussion, and um, it's an interesting one because we've gotten into some of the uh, medical aspects of um, this disease, too. I want to mention a couple of different things that we touched upon a little bit in the first hour of our program. In studio with us is Tommy Barcanero, who is the affiliate chair of the New York City affiliate of the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. Joining us by phone is um, Dr. Victoria Maddox, who is chief medical officer of PanCan. Um, Tommy, one thing that was mentioned, Michael Rosen mentioned this earlier in our discussion, 
there's a, a hotline number, um, which I think can be a valuable resource. Can you tell us, first of all, the number, and secondly, what kind of information is available there? Definitely. So uh, we welcome anyone to call our hotline at 877-2-PANCAN. Uh, it's a toll-free number, 877-2-PANCAN. This is a, you know, we have a team to support you if you want to learn more about, you know, symptoms you're experiencing, if you want to see if there's any clinical trials in your area, or if you just want to get basic information on behalf of a loved one or a friend, we definitely encourage you to contact 877-2-PANCAN. Okay. Now, in this discussion, one of the things that we have done is to talk a little bit about Purple Stride New York and to try to encourage some people who are interested in being supportive of your efforts to actually come forward and, and to do so. The mood, the atmosphere of Purple Stride, when you're there, you get, I mean, I'm assuming you get involved, you're, Tommy, you're working, basically, okay? Um, but do you also get caught up in the spirit? Absolutely. You know what? When Erin will perform her song, it's definitely going to be an emotional moment. We have keynote speakers. We honor our survivors, those who have lost their lives. So it's a very moving experience. As Victoria mentioned, this event is not just to raise money. It is to, you know, come together as a community, honor our loved ones, honor survivors and caregivers, and it provides us with a renewed sense of hope and strength as we carry on and fight this disease. You know, Aaron used a phrase in the first hour of our program, and I wrote it down. It's right in the middle of the page here in my many notes. She said the Purple Stride events that she has been to across the country, and she's been to a lot of them, were for her a place to find community. Would you agree with that? I definitely would. You know, it was very difficult for my mom and I and our whole extended family to cope with my dad's diagnosis and his passing. And for quite some time, especially at the start of his diagnosis, we were in denial, to be honest. You know, we didn't know how to carry on. Mm -hmm. Getting involved with PanCan, you realize that you're not alone. There's a whole army of people who are going through the same and similar situations. So it helps you realize that we can actually make a difference and, uh, you know, we should not resign ourselves to some of the sobering statistics. You know, Michael mentioned that the five-year survival rate is just 9%, uh, but rather events in the affiliate and the organization and Purple Stride help us realize that there is hope. We can change the course of this disease. So it's a great sense of catharsis to be involved. You know, that statistic there's a couple of ways of looking at that statistic. Now, think about this the whole time we've been talking. You can look at it on the surface and perhaps get overwhelmed. Or you can look at it, and this goes back to something that you've mentioned and also Victoria has mentioned. You can look at it almost from the sense of there being a ray of hope that can be shined on it. Absolutely. And at Purple Stride, we have a, a tent to honor our survivors. And there's a whole, you know, tent full of survivors there. Even my father, you know, he did lose uh, his life in June 2016, but he, you know, overcame those statistics. He made it almost three years. Mm -hmm. uh, and each year we meet with people who have, you know, fought this battle. They're, they're continuing the fight. So there is definitely hope. Uh, you know, we're hitting this disease on a variety of fronts. 
So please, if, if you're out there and you're uh, affected by this disease, please know that we're here to support you. There is hope. Uh, we are committed to doubling the pancreatic cancer survival rate by 2020. For your mom, if you don't mind my asking, um, what was it like for her in terms of, I guess, turning things around? Because one of the things you had mentioned early on in our discussion, I believe, is you talked about her being a runner. Yes, she, she's a runner. Uh, I'm a runner as well, so it runs in the family. <laughs> no pun intended. Okay. <laughs> That's right. <yeah. laughs> is that helpful in terms of um, dealing with your feelings and also um, – maybe building a sense of community? It's very helpful. Uh, it's been very difficult for my mom. You know, my parents were high school sweethearts. Mm. And uh, my mom living in Oregon right now, most of our extended family here uh, is on the East Coast, so it can definitely be lonely at times. But being involved in PanCan and participating in Purple Stride, my mom flew out last year for the Purple Stride event, and just seeing this, you know, purple army that we have, all committed to fighting this disease, it's... Very moving. It, it helps you give you. It helps provide a sense of purpose. And uh, for my mom and I, it's a way to uh, keep our relationship with my father alive. What was that like for you, having her there? It was really amazing. It was my third Purple Stride. Uh, the first one uh, there with my mom, and you know, it's tough to to put into words. But uh, we're a very tight knit family, and uh, being there is a way to just. Tell our dad, you know, we're, we're continuing to fight for you and we're committed to uh, beating this disease. What's the biggest thing that you feel PanCan needs? I'll put the question out to both of you. In other words, what's on, I guess, the wish list for the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network? Well, well, speaking first, you know, on behalf of the New York City affiliate, we are looking always to attract more volunteers in order to, you know, accomplish our goal of, doubling the pancreatic cancer survival rate in order of ha in order of having a, a successful November awareness, you know, making uh, companies and our sponsors in involved in the cause. We need people. Uh, we have an affiliate meeting on, on May 3rd at the Actors Theater Workshop here in Manhattan, 145 West 28th Street, 6.30 p.m. First Thursday of every month we're there. So we need people. It starts with that, uh, our army of volunteers. Uh, we have great support from the organization. So... You know, people coming to our cause, helping out, that, that's a big way to, uh, to help us achieve our goals. Victoria? So I'd have to say stronger awareness of this disease through volunteers, through increased research funding. I mean, we need to continue to champion the promise of a brighter tomorrow. And that's what we do. So the more people who can join our fight, help us raise money, and awareness, we know we can double survival for pancreatic cancer by 2020. You know, you want to double survival. You also want to stop that trend where, because Michael mentioned this in the first hour of, um, I believe he said that, you know, this number three that uh, pancreatic cancer had moved up to, it passed breast cancer. Uh, that's very sobering statistic, a very sobering statement to hear. Um, that's something you definitely want to turn around. Absolutely. Absolutely. We need to continue to 
to find better ways to treat this disease, to help prevent individuals who are at risk of developing pancreatic cancer. We need better better early detection um, methods so we can catch it sooner. Uh, There's so much we need to do, but we know we can do it. We have a strong fight in this community to make sure we make a difference. When you say stronger detection methods, is that something that possibly could come about as an offshoot of some of this clinical trial research? Absolutely. So there currently are no early detection methods for pancreatic cancer. Unfortunately, it's not as easy as it is for other types of cancer. We don't have um, methods like mammograms or colonoscopies uh, where early detection is possible. So we have um, we have started to see uh, potential areas for research further developing, looking at patients who have a history of diabetes or who have an onset of a new type of diabetes. Um, to understand if we screen these people, um, is it possible that we can detect pancreatic cancer? So it's a huge effort being, um, there's a lot of dollars being invested into this space now. And with an earlier detection method, we hope that we can change not only the survival rates, but the number of patients who are diagnosed per year. Mm. And sharing stories like we have heard today, um, the experience of family members, how helpful is that in perhaps growing some of that spirit? It's very helpful. I came to PanCan for the first time as a volunteer, you know, several years ago, and at the time, I was looking for somebody to, to speak with about my experience, the emotions I was, I was feeling at the time. Because, you know, in the immediate aftermath, when you lose a loved one, of course, your friends are going to be there. Everyone is going to be there for you at that point. Right. And they will continue to be there for you. But what some people don't realize is the day-to-day can still be difficult, even months and years after losing somebody. So this organization is a great outlet for that. Every month we have a meeting. We come together. We hear our stories. So I don't know what I would have done without uh, PanCan. And there's that period of time, too, to follow on what you're saying, where, you know, day to day, they're there for you, but that sort of dies off some, too. It does, and, you know, everybody has their own lives, and certainly, if you were to reach out, you know, they would, of course, help, but it's great to have a a consistent source of support on a monthly basis, on a weekly basis. We're always here for you if if you need anything. Okay. Now, before we um, move to wrap things up here, I want to mention specifics on exactly what's taking place next Saturday, where, um, times, how it is the people who are listening to our discussion today who may want to be part of this, how can they? Definitely. So we encourage you to go to purplestride.org slash New York. You can register and donate in advance. We also welcome walk-in participants. If you want to walk or run in the 5K, you can arrive at Prospect Park in the Nethermed East section of the park. It's this Saturday, April 14th. Uh, registration opens at 8 a.m., opening ceremonies begin at 9.15, and the walk run at, at 10 a.m. So purplestride.org slash New York, or you can arrive on event day, Saturday, April 14th, 
Prospect Park. And if somebody who is listening to this discussion today, perhaps they cannot be there for that, but they might be interested in being supportive as um, either a volunteer with the organization or somebody who's interested in donating, how can they do that? You can always go year-round to pancan.org. A lot of fantastic resources there. Uh, you can also email me directly if you're in New York City you want to get involved. It's tbarquinero, B as in boy, A-R-Q-U-I-N-E-R-O at pancanvolunteer.org, tbarquinero at pancanvolunteer.org, and the website is pancan.org. And again, for somebody who's interested potentially in being a volunteer, what do you say they need to bring to the table? You just need to bring uh, your story, a, a desire to get involved. We have a variety of opportunities available. If you are interested in uh, event planning and that's what you want to do, we can put you on our Purple Stride Committee. If you're focused on raising awareness, we have you know November Awareness and, and, and Mission Committees focused on spreading the word about the great work that uh, the organization does. So we can find a role for you no matter what your skills or, and experiences are. Uh, all you need to do is show up, be committed to the cause, and, and we want to listen to your story and find a role for you. Mm. Sounds like a very interesting uh, effort in terms of Purple Stride New York. We certainly wish you the best with that. Your goal uh, this year is to raise $700,000 um, with the event. Let us hope, as I stated in the first hour, that you exceed that. Uh, certainly, thank you to um, Tommy Barcanero, who is uh, the uh, New York City affiliate uh, chair, uh, and um, also to Dr. Victoria Mannix, who is the chief medical officer of PANCAN, the uh, Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, for joining us on our program. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Very interesting discussion, and let's hope the event is extremely successful, too. Well, I think that is going to about do it for um, this program that many years ago by one John Minko, remember him, was labeled a fun fest. I think that's about time for us to wrap up and move aside. I see Rick Wolf is in the building. He'll be along with the Sports Edge program. And then as they say, well, the tide shifts, the fortunes change. What other colloquialisms can I come up with? Ed Randall will be here. That's after our 9 o'clock update. He'll be talking baseball, among other things, here on The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.